As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to another episode of Copa with Felipe Cardenas. I am your host. This is your Mexico versus Poland preview. I'm recording it in my hotel room on Saturday night. It's 11.55 p.m., almost midnight. Uh, It's been quite the day. So before we get to the Mexico-Poland preview, uh, let me just tell you what I did. You know, it was sort of a a very unique day for this, for where we are for this World Cup and the way it is set up. Um, Last night, I got plenty of sleep. The eight-hour time difference finally really crushed me, and I, I was just completely spent yesterday after walking uh, many miles throughout the city, getting to different places. Uh, I went to the Fox Studios on in West Bay, had a little meet and greet there, uh, went out to dinner with our UK colleagues, uh, and, and finally got back to the hotel again around 1 o'clock, 2 a.m., and I just decided to turn everything off, my phone, everything, and I got like eight hours of sleep for the first time in about five nights. So that was great. And it, it, it helped because today, Saturday during the day, uh, I went to Poland's training. They had a press conference as well. We, we, there's a FIFA hub where we know uh, what's going on each day which uh, teams are having just an open practice, uh, which teams are having a closed doors practice, which teams are having players available. Uh, And then there's always the match day one uh, press conferences where where two players and a coach are available. Match day one, meaning each team has a mandatory big press conference at the FIFA Media Center the day before their game. And so that's coming up for Mexico in in a couple nights. Uh, But today I went to Poland's training. Uh, We spoke to... Uh, Aston Villa right back Matty Cash, who is actually a Poland, now a, a Poland international, uh, British born. And uh, it was interesting to be around a different team, a different team. There are a lot of reporters from Poland. It was very well organized. Uh, it, it was fun to see. You know, Then I watched from afar Robert Lewandowski doing some rondos. Uh, not a lot to see. I got a good close up of Chesney, their, their, their starting goalkeeper, some of the drills they were doing. And I've seen a lot of goalkeeper drills, you know, pregame drills and, and practice drills. And uh, you can sort of tell when they're, they're getting really serious about perhaps a match that's upcoming. That's what this looked like. You know, this goalkeeper drill, they were going hard, they're going fast. 
and, and it really felt like the eve, if you will, of, of a big match between Poland and Mexico in Group C. It's you know one of the biggest games of the of the tournament in my opinion just because you know both of these teams are they're they're sort of on the bubble here in the World Cup like it's either Poland or Mexico that's coming out of this group alongside Argentina so it, it makes for for the Poland Mexico match a huge game I think it's one of the biggest games. Uh, one of the biggest must-win games that Mexico has played at a World Cup. I know it's it's. Uh, if you ask my colleagues, I've I've had some some wild takes on Mexico Poland <laughs> throughout throughout the week, but I do believe it's just really massive for for both for both teams, especially for Mexico and for different reasons. Poland just trying to be that team that can perhaps get to the second round and 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 maybe trouble a big a big team here at the World Cup, and Mexico facing so much. Uh, j- just pressure and stress and anxiety that an entire nation puts on their national team. Uh, th- that's what that's the vibe around about around this game, and so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, November 24th at Stadium 974, which is the closest stadium to me, uh, it, where I'm in Central Doha, Central-ish Doha at my hotel. Uh, should be just a quick train ride for me or Uber. I'm probably going to take the train uh, because I did get on the train today for the first time. It's a brand new train. It's running really well. It's free as well. It's free for, for if you have a Haya card, it's free for journalists or anyone that's FIFA credentialed. Uh, so yeah, so let me quickly say that other than Poland, I, I went to Argentina's training camp today. They are at Qatar University along with the Spanish national team. So there are two different uh, national teams at this camp. And how do they do that? Well, because Qatar University is absolutely gigantic. It was it's a, just a massive, massive comp, comp, campus. Excuse me. Uh, I walked a lot of it today uh, with ESPN writer Cesar Hernandez. We were trying to get out of there just to get to the train station, and we ended up walking a long way throughout that campus. But it was cool to see Argentina train, let me tell you, because there were hundreds of media members. Um, just It was packed. There were a lot of photographers and reporters from all over the world uh, setting up to do uh, TV hits or radio hits or podcasts or interviews. Uh, Facebook Live, uh, TikTok, every little, every literally every social media platform uh, reporting was happening, and of course, everyone's there to get a, to catch a glimpse of of Leo Messi. And when the players came out, uh, if you're listening and you're an Atlanta United fan, then obviously you want to know that Thiago Mata is here. He made it in last night. Thiago Mata was one of the first players out on the pitch today. Uh, along with uh, Julian Alvarez, the the superstar young phenom, is gonna I think it's, I think he's gonna score some goals at this World Cup. Uh, Lautaro Martinez, Inter Milan's big time striker, was there as well. There were some some of the first players, along with the goalkeepers, that came out to train. Uh, and then once the entire team was out on the pitch. Uh, and they started like a big, uh, a huge circle and just did a big rondo among everyone. Everyone is, you could hear the, the sort of the murmuring around the, the journalists that Messi wasn't out there. Um, and I heard uh, a reporter, an Argentine reporter saying, actually reporting that he understood that there was nothing wrong with Messi, that he had been to another open training, open training, uh, just 15 minutes for media and Messi didn't show up there either. And it's just, I guess he, they're just letting him rest or they're keeping him away from from the, the camera flashes and the speculation and the, any sort of rumors and all that. Uh, and then suddenly Leo Messi appeared and he immediately went, he didn't join his teammates. He went to a far field uh, with a couple of trainers and just did light warmups, light jogging, light stretching, 
Uh, and, and it was interesting. It was, it was great to see him in person and, and see the reaction of, of all the, the press that were there that were literally just there for that, uh, just to see him do some light jogging. So it's, it's quite the phenomenon, right? And, and in Argentina, obviously a World Cup contender and they, they command that respect. They have the best player in the world, obviously one of the best that this game has ever seen. Uh, and, and it was, it was, it was exactly as what I expected when I showed up to Qatar University and, and saw all the lights and the flashes and the cameras and the reporters. So pretty cool experience there. Uh, but let's talk about Mexico and Poland. And, and I'll start with Poland because that was the point of me going to training. Mexico had a training here today as well at the same time as the Argentina training, which is 6 p.m. Mexico is actually training in Alcor, which is about an hour from where I am. And it's not easy to get to. There's no direct route other than by car. Uh, so you can take the train and sort of just try to go as north as you can and then get off and maybe take an Uber. Uh, but there is no availability. It was just going to you know pretty much see them do some rondos for 15 minutes, warm up, stretch, and then you're done. So the trip to Alcor, an hour trip to do that, uh, ultimately was not my best use of time. Uh, I think collectively with my editors, we decided, hey, let's hit Poland and Argentina, two opponents of Mexico, and especially Poland, who had two players available uh, you know, to speak. And one was Matty Cash, as I mentioned before. He is a right back for Aston Villa, uh, naturalized and is now representing Poland. And then there is Nikola Sadowski, um, who is a young player for Poland. I believe he plays for Roma. Uh, but but I'll, it was cool also just to, to be part of this uh, international press conference. You, 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 you take your phone, you scan a QR code. It takes you to the app store. You download an, an interpretation app. Uh, you connect it to your ear pod and you put an ear pod in and then you can hear the the instant interpretation from polish to english uh during the press conference so that was fun that was cool to see uh but let's let's talk about what matty cash if you follow the premier league you'll know who he is also uh i was on a world cup every day with uh my editor alex abnos and we both decided obviously matty cash one of the best names at this world cup but he was asked um a few times by by reporters including myself about what he knows about this mexico team and some of the things that he said were, which perhaps were more eye-catching than than the classic, you know, player speak, was that they began they they only began to really truly scout Mexico for this match yesterday and today. So yesterday it began. Uh, he, he revealed that, and and I guess for the World Cup now you're in camp. That makes sense. You're hyper focused on that first opponent. You're just days away. Uh, you don't expect these players to know everything about Mexico uh, six months ago. And I could also tell that Matty Cash just knows what he sees from Mexico. You know, it's not like he can name every little, every single player. Uh, he was asked about Raul Jimenez and Irving Lozano. He seemed to know who they were. I mean, obviously Raul Jimenez he's faced, uh, but it's not like he was speaking with a lot of authority about the makeup of the team. Uh, so, and and I think that's that's common as well. The, the, a lot of these players and a lot of these um, the, the countries here at the World Cup they face these teams for the first time, so they're getting used to each other. Uh, but something that he did say about Mexico is that that they're a very good team. You know what they see on film is a team that they think is is, is strong. Uh, they know their history. Uh, he 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 mentioned several times that Mexico is are good. Uh, he said very good at one time, but that he believes that uh, Poland 
is better. They, they, actually, he said, we have to believe that we're better. So there was a bit of, I wouldn't say, maybe a bit of a vibe that Mexico is the favorite here. You know, perhaps on paper, you could argue and debate which team is the favorite. But I, I do think that it's an interesting bit of a debate here because Poland has... You know, a rich footballing history, but not a not not nearly one at World Cups or or big European tournaments either. They get to these tournaments and they get booted out quickly. Mexico has a World Cup history, and I think everyone around the world understands that. You may not be following Mexico closely, like like I am or like the fans are, but some a reporter in Poland understands. Well, this is a team that gets out of the group pretty much every time they've they've come to a World Cup. And they have since 1994 gotten out of the group. So it, it did feel like Maddie Cash was 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 communicating that, that like we have to believe we're better. We have top players too all around the pitch. Uh, and we have to focus on ourselves. And they're a really good team, speaking about Mexico. But we have to believe as well that we have talent all over the pitch, he said. So uh, th- that, was, that was just, that was how I interpreted it, honestly. Uh, I asked him, I asked Matty Cash about playing for Poland and uh, the reaction in England and then what he believes, what he has seen from Mexico and, and how he thinks that the team, that Poland can hurt uh, the Mexican national team. And he was a little bit cagey. He didn't really get into that. Uh, but about specifics, he just did, he did say that the reaction in England has been very positive. He's very grateful. He's received a lot of support in England for, uh, about deciding to re- represent Poland. He seemed just really ecstatic to be here and to be representing Poland at a world cup. Uh, and he, he thinks he said, everyone says how amazing these world cups are back home in England. Uh, about Mexico, he said that again, he reiterated that they started to see them, uh, really study them. Uh, over the last two days, uh, he mentioned that they, they're just a good team on the ball. But what I mentioned about how you can hurt them when I when I asked him that, it, it was sort of subtle because it was just sort of a run-on sentence that he gave at the end of his quote. But he did say, he did mention set pieces. And so I, I do think that's going to be a big, big part of this match. I think it's going to be a big part of every Mexico match aside from perhaps Saudi Arabia, but again, a mistake can happen. And even a team like Saudi Arabia that Mexico should control physically. uh, If you make a mistake on dead balls on a corner kick, you know, anyone can pounce, but certainly for Poland, the dead ball set pieces, corner kicks that Mexico is defending. It is going to be very, very tense. Every time Poland has that opportunity, a dead ball opportunity. And clearly based on what Matty Cash said, Poland and their coaching staff and the players understand that that is a big, big area of opportunity for them in this match on November 22nd. And as you know, if you're following the Mexico national team, Mexico has not defended dead balls at all very well under Tata Martino. I would argue that their their history, uh, they're not always that strong in the air. They don't always have big players, big, tall defenders. They've had them on and off throughout different generations. I think they do have the height here. Uh, in this Mexico team, Nestor, Araujo, Cesar, Montes. Uh, you, you're going to have to bring one of your center forwards back to defend, whether it's Funes Mori or Raul Jimenez. Put another big body back there. Uh, you're, I, I, you know, Mexico has 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 defended zonally uh, more often than not. Uh, they've done some man marking, but it's going to be interesting to see how Tata Martino and his staff have prepared this team. Tata Martino is not has not shied away from that. Uh, 
inability for Mexico to to defend set pieces throughout World Cup qualifying. Uh, they got better at the end of World Cup qualifying, and honestly, it began in Mexico City against the U.S. in that uh, big qualifier in March. Uh, and so, so I was at that game in Mexico City, and I remember Mexico doing really well against the, the Americans, against the U.S., against Walker Zimmerman. Uh, Miles Robinson was in that game, and, and they defended every dead ball really well. So the, the ability is there. The problem is against Sweden recently in their last warm-up match uh, last week. Again, they fell trapped to – they fell victim, actually, to uh, falling asleep on a set piece. That was the winner for Sweden, a mistake. So that's going to be interesting. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu. Um, again, we have not spoken to Tasso Martino. We have not been in front of him since they've arrived in Doha. They arrived two nights ago. Players have not been available. So I don't have fresh quotes to, to share with you, with you all. Uh, you know, what I can say is that there is, there's, there's a vibe around Mexico right now that is common with every team that, that arrives at a World Cup the first day or two. Today, they, there's footage of them uh, together as a team at a, at a local restaurant celebrating, I believe, Henry Martin's birthday. I just saw the video of him getting caked in his face, basically. Uh, they're having a good time. They look relaxed. They, they, they look very happy to be here. It's very common for their coaching staff to, to give the players the opportunity to go out, loosen up uh, before it really gets down to business and they start training. Uh, you know, I think they're going to train around the in the evening, the majority of the time leading up to Poland. The game is a 7 p.m. kickoff local. It's very hot during the day. You know, it's it's hotter here during the day in the summer, obviously, but it is still 90s every single day uh, during the day. It's still 90 degrees. It's hot. It's 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 gotten humid. It was very humid yesterday. It's dry sometimes. It's very dusty. The conditions will be a factor. The conditions will be a factor. Matty Cash and um, 
Nikola Zalewski, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, the two Polish players that were available today were both asked uh, a number of times about the heat. And Matty Cash tried to play it off like, hey, it's better than being in London. It's better than being in England where it's rainy and gray. It's been nice to be out in the sun. But it's going to be a factor, and you have to give Mexico the, the, the advantage there. Uh, I think they'll be more uh, adapted to that. Uh, to that sort of climate, but again, in the, in the end, uh, every it's it's you know it's eleven against eleven. You know the, whether it's heat, whether it's cold, uh, dry, uh, evening or daytime. In the end, it's going to be about about, about the soccer. So, uh, uh, you know, I think Mexico is is we're still waiting to see which team shows up. You know, I thought they had a good twenty five minutes against Sweden. They controlled the match for ninety, honestly. Uh, not a fully dominant performance, but it was a game that they should have won. And and if anything, it still uh, raised questions about who the number nine is going to be. After seeing Raul, Raul Jimenez at, for 45 minutes in that game, he was not good. He just looked really rusty, but physically, uh, he didn't look like he was injured. And that's a big positive. I just felt like it was Raul Jimenez's first bit of action big bulk of action uh since august 27th uh, for wolverhampton and so and it really looked like he looked like he could not really follow the rhythm of the game he was playing too fast his touch was off uh, but he was slide tackling really going after every ball Uh, positionally i thought like he was fine but he just he, he just couldn't really felt fall into the flow of the game but in the end he looked healthy and that might be enough for Tata Martino to give him the first 45 minutes against Poland uh, rather than bringing him, him on in the second half. Funes Mori, I think, is the other player that could start against Poland. You know, Henry Martin got the, the, the start against Sweden, did well in hold-up play and just moving around and creating space, but was never dangerous around goal. Uh, and, and honestly, that's the biggest, biggest, biggest uh, question mark for for Mexico. They can pass the ball around the field all all day. They're very technical. Uh, they're well drilled under Tata Martino, but they they fall into the, to the trap of being too predictable and no one is taking their man on. Uh, uh, and, and you know they they get forward really well, but once they get into the final third, it just becomes predictable, and they just don't have the players to be that are that are classic playmakers. They have, I think, you know, Lozano is, is very good, but he, he's going to have to be very decisive in this world cup. He has to be the player that when the ball's at his feet and he can isolate a fullback, he is going at that fullback. He's going at the fullback because there's, there are very few players on the, on the Mexico team that do that. And, and, and that's why they're not scoring goals. The other question mark is midfield is who's going to start in the holding midfield position uh, Hector Herrera has been getting all of the minutes since he's been back in camp from uh, after moving to the Houston Dynamo and just not having a good spell. He's been injured. He didn't play well. It's a bad team. Uh, and I, my theory is that Tata Martino is doing everything just to get him game fit. So he, he played, I believe, almost 90 minutes against Sweden. Uh, don't quote me, but he started. Uh, he started against Iraq. Uh, and Edson Alvarez did not see the field in either of those games. And so, you know, I, I think Mexico is just so much better with Edson Alvarez. He's, he's probably their best player. You know, he's the best play, Mexican player in Europe, without a doubt. 
cap when he, at times as captain ix he's a, he's a, he's become a a big star at a at a massively iconic club like ix uh and and i i am curious though you know will edson alvarez play it sounds ridiculous because he should play he should play every single game but this is a unique world cup and there i think every coach is going to have a different starting lineup is thinking about a different starting lineup you know considering uh, you know who who they're playing first when they play next. Uh, you know the 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 time between games is so short. The players are just coming back from having played league matches just two weeks ago. So the, all those are going to be factors as well. And perhaps that is what Tata Martino is doing in keeping Alvarez as fresh as possible, and then at the same time getting Hector Herrera as ready as possible to perhaps pair up as two double pivots in midfield. <laughs> or just have Herrera available uh, to play a second half. But, you know, Ache Ache is, one, is a player that is polarizing in Mexico because he's part of the old guard. This is his last World Cup. But he's a very accomplished player. He was playing, before he left Atletico Madrid, he was playing very well for them. He was playing for, in the Champions League. He was playing Champions League games. He was running hard for a Cholo Simeone team. Uh, and, and so he's a valuable player. Uh, Andres Guardado, I think, is going to see time. He might start against Poland, and and I'm going to write about this. By the way, look out for my piece before that Poland game. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get into those those big question marks about the starting eleven, and and while you wait, if you are a big Mexico fan uh, or enjoy my re, my my writing and my reporting, and you want to learn more and more about Mexico specifically, go to the Athletic. I've written three pieces so far. Um, the, the Mexico squad guide is part of our big 32 team squad guide. And I, I just think they're great. All of us contributed. A lot of writers contributed there. They're very tactical that you can learn things as well. It's not just a tactics breakdown. There is a tactics guide as well. If you want to find that on the athletic for each team, for each group, the squad guides are like, maybe something you didn't know about this team. You know, maybe who is the the most popular player in Mexico that team that play that that people around the world don't know uh, what what should we know about the coach what should we know about the about what's being said uh, in each uh, home country and so the Mexico squad guy look out for that uh, Mexico's biggest World Cup squad uh, omissions and inclusions I wrote that one as well got into Diego Linus not being chosen for the squad Santiago Jimenez not being chosen for the squad and why those decisions were made and I tried to make sense of them I don't necessarily agree with both of them but I was able to make sense of them you know I think in the end tactical versatility is very valued valued by by coaches and that's why a player like Diego Linus is not on the team I, I listen I love I, I love Linus for what he can do in in, in big moments in games but it wasn't enough to, 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 to bring in a player that you may use at the end of the game and you may not. Clearly, he was not going to start for Mexico. So th- that was a big sort of explainer on that. Uh, my colleague and I, uh, Steve Madeley, wrote about Raul Jimenez and his injury odyssey and how Wolverhampton views it and how Mexico views it. Julian Lopetegui, the Spanish manager and, and Wolves' new manager, does not said very publicly that he did not think that Raul Jimenez should go to the World Cup. And meanwhile, 
Tata Martino has always said, if he's healthy, I'm taking him. He even said, told reporters, this is Tata Martino saying, do you think I would do something as crazy as take a player, that an injured player to a World Cup that can't perform in a World Cup? So he took a gamble. And meanwhile, at Wolves, they don't think he should have gone. Uh, the other side of that story is Tata Martino saying that the relationship between Wolves and the Mexico national team medical staff has been excellent, that they've worked hand in hand, that they've traveled to and from Mexico City and Wolverhampton to get specific treatment. They went to Los Angeles, Raul Jimenez, in a, in, to see a specialist. Um, my colleague, Steve Malley, reported that he, Raul Jimenez has, re, has received some injections in that injured groin. Uh, in order to to get fit, and so it's going to be touch and go, and and it's going to be it's going to be something that we are looking closely at about re- whether Raúl Jiménez can f- truly play at this highest level. I mean, look at Argentina. Argentina, you know, Lionel Scaloni has essentially said, if you're not fit enough to play, you're going home. So Nico Gonzalez, Joaquin Correa, two players that had made the original 26-man squad were sent home uh, a, a few nights ago, and they were replaced by Ángel Correa and Atlanta United. Uh, young player of the year, Tiago Almada. And so there's been a little bit of criticism for Scaloni for doing that. Like, why take an injured player anyway if you're going to send him home? But I-, I can see that rationale. My defense of that is you have to give Scaloni credit too for pulling the trigger right away. You know, you know, sorry, but if I can't rely on you, then you have to be- go home and you will be replaced. And I truly believe, like, players like Angel Correa and Tiago Amato were always just a phone call away. Scaloni didn't hide that either. So the players knew that if they weren't fit to go, they were going to go home. The, the case with Mexico, Tata Martino, Raul Jimenez, and even uh, Tecatito Corona is much different. I think those injuries were very serious, especially Tecatito Corona. He was not fit enough. For, you know, he's not. He was never going to be ready to play after fracturing his, his leg. Uh, and Raul Jimenez is just was always going to be a wait and see approach, and he did look good against Sweden physically. Again, the soccer wasn't there, uh, but clearly he he has recovered to a point where he can be in the squad. But again, it's going to be a decision that is scrutinized throughout the tournament because if if he doesn't perform, or if he gets hurt in training, if he gets if Raul Jimenez gets hurt in a game, well then the decision from Tata Martino to do that will, will, will blow up in his face. There's only a specific window, I believe, and we may have, or it may have already be closed where teams can replace players. I think we're up to just the last few hours, the last few days of that. And I don't foresee that happening for Mexico. So Mexico, Poland, November 22nd at the stadium, nine, seven, four here in Doha, Uh big, big one for in group C. It really could determine uh, you know, the, the rest of that group, I expect Argentina to put a few goals past Saudi Arabia. I, think I expect Argentina to, to be, to, to put out a very strong attacking lineup against Saudi Arabia and try to put that game away as early as possible. Uh, and then Mexico, Poland becomes, you know, the winner of that is going to be very in pole position to, to finish second in the group, a draw between Mexico and Poland and a win, for Argentina will really make that group very, very interesting. And it's going to put a lot of pressure on Mexico. Mexico gets Argentina in the second game. And I think we all know by now that Tata Martino wants to avoid needing to go to that match against Argentina, needing desperately three points. Uh, you know, can Mexico beat Argentina? Listen, I, on paper, no. The way they're playing, 
No. I mean, you're, you're, Argentina is on a 35-game winning streak. You could put any team next to them, France, Italy, Germany, Brazil, and debate whether Argentina is going to lose that game. So Mexico uh, going up against Argentina and being uh, certainly the underdog is is a, is a no-brainer. It's an obvious one. Uh, but they have a little bit of World Cup history, and it's all going to depend on how Mexico comes out of the Poland game. If they come out of that game with a win or a, and a strong performance, I, I like Mexico in the Argentina game. Not to win, not to win, uh, but to be competitive. You know, to, to For that match to, to be billed as one of the biggest group stage matches of the tournament, Mexico-Argentina, they need Mexico to be in good form. Uh, and and it's all going to depend depend on what happens against Poland. So, hope you've enjoyed this. Again, follow me on Twitter at Felipe Carr. I have plenty of new content coming out. I visited a fan village. I don't think it's a village. It's just a big park, massive sprawling park of trailers or containers, shipping containers, really. Uh, I did that. I've been walking around Doha doing some reporting on just the vibe there. I've written a story about it with my colleagues. Our first few days in Doha, find that on The Athletic. Spoke to some locals and some visitors. One 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 visitor who comes to Doha late often, she told me, said that this is going to be chaotic. There will be chaos once all the fans are here. I'm starting to see a lot of fans. We have found a few bars. Joshua Cloak, my Canada writer, is actually going to write about the, the pubs that he has found throughout Doha uh, and I was with him at one at one pub earlier tonight and it was full of fans chanting singing uh, locals as well it was a hotel bar uh, so it's that that'll be interesting to see what cloak comes up with so look out for that one as well until next time thanks for joining me take care